Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. I am Michael McCall. And I am Zachary Adam Eisenhower. And we do not have Steve with us this week. We left him in Vancouver. We are on the ferry back from Victoria, back to the mainland, after taking in Pacific FC's home opener on Sunday. So no radio show for us this week, just a podcast. This is episode 338. We've got a lot in store for you in this. We're going to look back at this home opener for Pacific FC. We're going to bring you some audio from both head coaches, Stephen Hart and Michael Silberbauer. We're also going to hear from CPL Commissioner David Clanikin. Look at the league opener in Hamilton on Saturday. And that's going to be the good part of the show. Because as you know, if you're a regular listener, when we're doing the Whitecaps games in review, we kind of do the good, the bad and the ugly. It's kind of felt like that this week though, just in in general in the footballing landscape, the good Pacific FC and the CPL starting the bad, Whitecaps throwing two points away and just getting a draw against an understrength Philadelphia Union side, and the ugly the continuing Whitecaps abuse scandal. So we're going to kick things off talking CPL and Pacific FC, and a fantastic occasion in Langford this afternoon, West Hill Stadium's packed to the rafters to see Pacific FC 1-0 win over HFX Wanderers. It's just a fantastic day, Zach. Yeah, it was outstanding. I think uh, I haven't heard the official number, but I think there was at least 5,100 people. Someone uh, was saying 57. Yeah, that, that, yeah, it was full. Yeah. Um, and it's great to just see the progress that's been made at West Hills um, and all the all the things done to make it a special day from the the ferry ride for those who are going over but the on-site the tailgating uh the different food options the different activities in and around the stadium for for families and for supporters um it was just a it was a special day it was a special occasion it's been a long time coming the league has finally begun people's been waiting for this for a long long time and just in general, it's just been a fantastic opening weekend. Things kicked off on Saturday in Hamilton. Over 17,000 fans there to watch Forge FC and York 9 play a one-all draw. Four degrees temperature, wind, felt like minus, I believe, as well there. Some people, it was free tickets. Some people, I don't think, turned up for the game. But it was just, it was a great occasion. Well, just a bit of clarity on that. It wasn't free tickets, like... 
they opened up the upper deck for some free tickets that people could enter, like a lottery or whatever, to win. Or there was different ways you could get them. But the season ticket holders and the people, uh, there were people who bought for the first game as well. It wasn't all. I know people have been saying it's all free. Oh, I if, thought it was. If you're a season ticket holder, you could you, get you get another game that yeah. they give you for free, like a Voyager's Cup. They'll give you an extra ticket or something like that. But um, yeah, so yeah, but still, it, it did not look warm in that stadium at all. <laughs> and we know Ma- Massimo Cusano made the trip out there, and yeah, it was not a. It was a brisk, uh, brisk afternoon. But I think the numbers were encouraging. Again, you saw the, the, the a good atmosphere. I think there, um, uh, visually and vocally, you saw there was displays from both Generation Nine and from uh, the Barn Street Battalion. Uh, there was a, a social voyageur section there, um, kind of just to support the the launch of the league. It was, uh, and I think the football. Having watched the football, I, I was encouraged by the football. I think. Um, we didn't really know what fully what to expect. I mean, we see the rosters and all that kind of stuff, uh, but very little was seen, obviously, of the training camp. Uh, and so it was. To me, I thought the level was 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 pretty good. How did you feel? How did you feel about it? I I, I agree. I mean, I think from, from years of watching Whitecaps two in USL, it's at, at times when it's at its best, it's on a level with USL. There was times, I think, in both games where I did feel the action dipped a little bit and it did feel a little bit just slightly lower than USL level. But, I mean, it's certainly on a par with that. It's nowhere near the level of MLS, but, I mean, that's only to be expected because salary, players, everything like that, no one can expect that right off the bat. But it was enjoyable. Yes. The the Forge York game in particular, I mean, it was end to end in the opening minutes. Died a little bit again. Like today's game in Pacific, it was hell to leather. Yeah. For the, the opening minutes, then died a little bit towards half time, and then really picked up again in the second half. It's a lot to entertain the fans, and I think if people go along to these matches, I think they're going to enjoy it. not just the atmosphere off the pitch, but the action on it. And just everything that goes with it, it's, it's an exciting time. Even today, as the game maybe was, you could say, maybe lagging a little bit near the end, there were still some moments of uh, individual play, yeah. a couple of flicks and tricks kind of little... Yeah, because Pacific were down to 10, so yes. I think they were just trying to kill it off a little it, bit Except for, well. you see that little, there were, I forget who it was, did a little sort of a backheel pass to someone? It was and, Smith. Yeah, I think so. On he, the left he side, he looked it was on the really left side. good actually. Yeah, with Marcel De Jong being out, you wondered who's going to step up. But Smith looked really good. Yeah, and that that was that little move, and then there was one little move like sort of right after, and the crowd kind of oohed and odd kind of. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think as if this is the baseline of kind of where things are at, or where the, or where the league is starting, I think you have to be encouraged because again, the from what we know, the the salary structure is very limited. And uh, and I think this is a good a good baseline. And you, again, you you hope the trajectory is is only gonna dip, you know progress over over the over the years that the league exists. Now, Pacific FC, a lot of the team we've known them for years. They've come through the Whitecaps residency. They've played in WFC two. We, we've watched them play. We've watched some of these guys grow up, and it kind of felt that on the pitch, it felt like there was already an established team chemistry. And that can surely only bode well for them, and especially at home. This is a league with a lot of travel. And in all leagues, it's important to win your home games, but it feels, especially in a league like this, where you've got cross-country travel, getting home games, three points on the board, especially early in the season, it's going to mean a lot. Yeah, I mean, they're they're, they're top of the league. Pacific is top of the league, right? 
Um, so and they play again on Wednesday, so they could extend their lead. They could be way at the top. Um, yeah, no. I, I think if in any sport, especially in football, yeah, you have to win at home. And uh, then if you can get some results away from home, you're, you're kind of laughing and you'll, you'll probably be in the upper echelon of your league. Um, so I think that was cru- I think it was crucial. Uh, they needed you always need to keep a clean sheet and be solid at the back. And even though they did give up some opportunities, they were able to to, to hold the fort. It was a momentous occasion today, obviously. And after the game, got a chance with some of the other reporters there to catch up with Pacific FC head coach Michael Silberbauer. Just about whether the, the day lived up to his expectations, what he thought of the performance, and a few other things as well. So let's hear now from the Pacific FC head coach. So, Michael, you've been waiting a few months now for, for this day. Was it everything that you were hoping for? Yeah, the, the stadium was buzzing. Uh, nice to see all that purple out there on the stand. And, uh, and I thought the boys uh, put on a good show. They played uh, good football. And in the end, when they had to fight it over the line, they did that as well. It's a pretty comfortable performance, really, in the end. From start to finish, you kind of bossed the game. Is that how it felt from your perspective? Yeah, we talked about uh, having consistency, and uh, and um, I, I feel they, they tried to hard to put in a, a big effort there, and, and uh, at times good football as well. I'm very pleased with the performance. And a week like this with so much travel, just how important is it to get these points at home? It's it's important, but also just starting off with a with a, with a win. You know, it's 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 good to get that first win out of the way. Um, that's, that's how it is every season and uh, it's good to have that uh, put under the belt already and uh, then we can move forward from here. How did you feel the chemistry was? I mean, this is a brand new team and it, you guys look very good at times moving the ball around. Yeah, like I said, we have prepared uh, well and the boys had, uh, have, have trained really, really well. This is not the, the finished product yet, yet but you, from where we started until now, we, I think we've come a long way. Michael, talk about your build-up. It seemed very systematic and structured, and the, the guys seem to buy into it. How to move the ball up the field? Yeah, we want to be a, a, a positive, uh, play positive football. We want to move the ball up, also on the ground, and uh, and we have a lot of good uh, footballers out there, and um, they're buying into the principles that that we have set forth. Who's wearing the captain's armband today? Can you speak about the effort that Marcus put in? Oh, Marcus, he was tremendous up there. He, he, he took on the battles and hold the ball and relieved the, the, um, the pressure at times and, uh, and hold the ball until we could uh, get people up, uh, up the park. So, no, he, he had a really good performance. You've got a lot of players in this team that's played together for years, Whitecaps residency with, with Whitecaps and USL. Has that been evident from that as soon as you started training that there is a chemistry with these guys? I feel like the whole group has has come together really well. Um, I don't know. I I don't know if we play the same way they do in the, the residency, but I I definitely feel we were trying to, to take on and uh, our own way to play football. How about your number six, McNaughton, two yellow cards and then part of the game? Is that how you want him to continue playing? Well, I don't think the first was a yellow. Did you? Pardon me. I don't think the first was a yellow. I think there was. Uh, a bit uh, over the top from the referee, but second one was a clear, and then you're off. But up until that point, I think he had a good performance. What do you say about the last uh, 19 minutes, uh, team dealt with structure? 
Yeah, they found each other. They fought. They found the composure and and, and held the, the lines and the, and got the win over the line. They they, they did really well. Number seven, Caden Chung, was one of your first signed players, and he did a few artful moves out there. So, do you have any? comments on this play? Well, I think I think really this is this was a team performance. Caden was good, Noah was excellent, Baldy did great, Hendrix scored a goal, did amazing barrier in the back, Marcus fought on the top, T tried to abuse his body, and the wingers used up the energy and the new ones that came on used the energy well. Jose came in and had a good performance even though it was only 15 minutes. I thought there was a lot of good performances out there. We, uh, we saw it yesterday and we saw it as well today. I mean, maybe not with the, in the case with the with Lucas, but that physical element in this league is clearly something where there is going to be that physical element. The referees are going to let the game keep going as much as possible. Do you think that that works to your team's advantage? Well, I, Halifax was taller, but you have to be smarter than. And uh, at most of the time, that I thought we we were, I, I, I felt comfortable on the bench. As I wasn't, I wasn't nervous at all. So. Um, even even the last 15 minutes, even though it, the excitement goes up a bit, I felt they, they, did, they did well. You've still got a couple of roster spots left to fill. How soon do you see yourself filling those? Oh, we're already on it. I'm hoping we can uh, talk more about that really, really soon. Just uh, coming relatively new to Canada, could you just say a word about uh, the, the support that you saw in, in the crowd today, a full stadium as well as the supporter section down, uh, down behind the goal? No, I'm so happy that uh, all these people came out. Uh, uh, the whole island is, uh, has gotten behind us, and, uh, and and we are an island team, and we play for the island. Thanks so much. Congratulations. Michael Soberbauer there. Happy, maybe not totally enthused, but happy. And when you look at the starting lineup today for Pacific FC, so many players on this team that had come through the Whitecaps. Caden Chung. It's easier to mention the guys who didn't come through. It would be, but some of them I can't pronounce their name. <laughs> <laughs> You've got Caden Chung, Matthew Baldissimo, Marcus Haber, Ben Fist, Tern Campbell, Noah Verhoeven, Victor Blasco didn't come through the Whitecaps system, but played with WFC too, and then Mark Village as well. And on the bench, you had Nolan Wirt, Jose Hernandez, Zach Verhoeven had spent time in the, in the residency over the years. And, I mean, you, you can't deny what that chemistry means t- to this team. But amongst all those Canadians, amongst all those Whitecaps players that could have scored that historic first goal, it fell to a German. Ausgezeichnet. Hendrik Starotzik. Which I probably murdered that name. He just a star on the back of his jacket or jersey. I'm quite quite glad about that. But it was a good header and it was a nice, nice opening goal. From a corner? I was wanting Ben Fisk or Victor Blasco to get it. I thought that would have been nice. Yeah, Fisky. It was a, it was a nice goal and a lovely ball whipped in as well from Noah Verhoeven. Yeah, good corner. Uh, yeah, Noah Verhoeven, did he have both side corners? He was left footed. I thought he was taking only one yeah. side. Yeah, and then I think they Blasco, up later. Blasco took yeah. some, some yes, later on. Um, yeah, good good finish, uh, nice celebration. Uh, there was a little bit of a, I, I, did, I can't remember, I have a, some pictures of it. I don't know exactly what they're doing. They did a kind of a team celebration over by the yeah, side. Do you know what that was? I don't know what that was. We'll have to find out what that was. But um, uh, yeah, it just some a lot of good signs. Uh, I know one of the knocks, uh, as you listen to people around the country talk about Pacific, is the the size of their currently the size of their roster. 
obviously they're extremely hurt from the Marcel de Young injury, which really cripples them, from my understanding, when it comes to the, the salary structure of the league. Uh, I don't, I don't. My understanding is they don't get relief <laughs> from that, and so they're stuck a little bit there. Oh, right. And, and that, um, my understanding might be wrong, but that's the way what I've heard. And uh, so, yeah, so it, it has limited their roster, it has impacted their roster building, and so um, good to see the camaraderie, good to see them uh, working so well together, and. Uh, and, you know, getting the three points, crucial. Yeah, and as Michael said there, when I asked him about the roster, he hopes to add to it pretty soon. This thing's already in play, they just can't announce it yet. And one of the other things which wasn't announced, like U-Sports draft pick, TSS Rovers player for the last couple of seasons, UBC Thunderbird, Zach Verhoeven, got signed by Pacific FC on Friday afternoon. It's going to get announced next week, but he was on the bench today and he's just d- delighted I got a chance to, to speak with him a little bit after the match and he was just so happy and I'm, I'm really pleased for Zach. Because a team with one Verhoeven is good, but a yeah. team with two Verhoevens, I mean... I, I just want someone to ask what it's like playing with his brother at some point <laughs> and just the awkwardness after that. It's going back to me asking DeSantis when he was here with Ellie about growing up in Montreal with, with Mark and Philip. <laughs> I should have done that. I regret not doing that. The, the thing with the CPL, there's a lot of players signed that people don't know. Yep. And, I mean, we, we know most of these Pacific FC players. But in the build-up to this, Gary Griffiths that covers Halifax for, for AFTN and from a ways blog, he didn't know most of these guys. So to him, it looks a young, inexperienced yeah. team. And I'm saying, but no, they... They, they've played together for years, they know each other, a lot of them inside and out. And when I look at like the York and the Forge lineups from yesterday, folk in the East are going to know these guys. And I'm like, who are these guys? And it's the same with Halifax. You're like, who are these guys? And it's all relative, really. It's yeah. I think both those rosters yesterday, yeah, I knew a number of the players, uh, especially the ones that have you know connected to Sigma or come through and played, been connected to, to MLS. Or Kyle Becker, whose elbow connects with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> oh man um yeah so i knew i didn't know all of them but i knew a number like a number of them right um i felt more like i i didn't really know the halifax team super well right aside from in the, the the trinidad the keeper uh from the tnt keeper right he yeah huge 80 some odd caps or whatever but other than stephen hart i don't i don't really know their team uh, super well. And, well, well, you Zachary should have been Zip- reading AFCN Zip- more. Oh no, I know from that, but I mean, like, know these people, right? Like, the, the Pacific roster, like, like we know. No, we don't just like know their names or seeing them play once or twice. Like, we know these people, right? Like, yeah, we've, we've been around them for we've, years. As I said, we've watched a lot of them grow up. Literally, yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, the, this the 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 roster from Halifax. Uh, I mean, I've learned a little bit about them. Like, obviously, you hear a lot about Guti, uh, Zachary Secunda, yeah. Secunda. We know. Uh, of course, Gu- but Gu- he, which is like Juan Diego Gutierrez, he definitely has what it takes to be a star yeah. in this league. Oh, I mean, he—I mean, his name would have been in lights had he hit that, uh, the the uh, the chance he had near the end it was the scissor kick. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and of course, Halifax did hit the bar as well, and yeah. it's like they really started to pile the pressure on Pacific towards the end, and Pacific had gone down a man. I mean, the Halifax roster, one of the guys which. Gary Griffiths has gone on a lot about was the goalkeeper, Jan Michael Williams who's a guy that could have played at a higher level but was having trouble getting visas and different things to to play in various countries and he's a big lad and he looks really good 
Yeah, you can understand why he's their captain with his experience and with his level of play. I think he's going to do like he did in this game. I think he's going to keep them in a lot of games. I think he's going to win them some points uh, throughout this season. And I think he'll be, he has the potential to be like a difference maker for Halifax. And after the game, Stephen Hart in particular was, he was raving quite a bit about Andre Bonner that was brought on. Um, And it's like Bonner played CIS, played at the Nationals in U Sports. Peter Schala as well, who's another German guy who was with Victoria Highlanders last year, but has signed with Halifax. He's at Cape Breton. I mean, he's a good guy. And I mean, Halifax, they've got a lot of exciting players on this roster. And I think it's going to be a, a, a good few weeks and a good few games before some of these teams really find their feet. And it has been a little bit tough for Halifax just bringing in such a wide variety of people. I mean, the, the Trinidad guys know each other. And you look at the the York and Forge yesterday and they had a bit more cohesion as well. So, I, I mean, I, I said this when the schedule came out. I wish there had been three games this weekend. Yeah. One on Friday, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. It just feels something was lacking to have th- four teams play, but three teams not. I think this is, yeah, I, you know, when we talk schedule, you know, I think it should be how it should be, you, you know. Uh, you play everyone once, and then the second half of the season you play the, the exact same order. If you play them home, then you play away in the second half of the season. Obviously, this is one of those things that as a new league with uh, limited access to some of these venues or some of these venues being new and all that kind of stuff, and uh, I think they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna wrestle with this. This is going to be a bit of a struggle kind of like the whole way through. They're going to have to... Uh, figure this out. I mean, even the fact that it's a shortened opening season and a longer closing season is there's issues with that, right? Um, but yeah, yeah, this this the schedule is. I, I agree with you. The schedule is not this is not ideal for the start because I mean, look at like you said, Pacific plays on Wednesday. They play Valor yeah. on Wednesday. If they win, they're six points clear. They play two games, like three teams will have not played at all, right? Or sorry, well, two, two, te- two, two teams, teams will have not played yeah. at all. So. Uh, it's a little bit awkward, but uh, I, again, long term, I hope they're striving towards uh, a bit of a more balanced uh, scheduling structure. Well, talking about Halifax there, let's hear now from a, a very experienced manager of theirs, Stephen Hart. He talked a little bit about the game, the performance, and I had to ask him as well, what was it like, that long trip from Halifax to Victoria? I knew he wouldn't want to use it as an excuse, and he didn't. But here's what he had to say. So Stephen, obviously not the, the kind of result you wanted, but how, how did you find the occasion overall? Well, both both not the result and, and not the performance. Um, you know, you could accept it if you if you you played well and uh, and uh, you you lost. But I thought in the first half we nobody wanted to accept the responsibility to to, to play the football. Yeah, we did much better in the the second half and and. Of course, when they got someone uh, sent off, we we sort of uh, started to take over uh, take over the game, and uh, unfortunately, we, we we couldn't get the the goal to 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 probably come away with a point. With six guys in the back at midfield, um, protecting the ball, protecting. Playing the game, so what are you going to do next time you run into that uh, to get through that? Well, I think you know once once a team you know is in a low block like that, you have to just move the ball faster, get it into wide wide positions, and make something happen. Which which we, we did on a couple of occasions when Andre Bona came on, he got into some good delivery positions, and 
uh, we, we almost got uh, a goal out of it, actually, a couple of goals out of it. Again, obviously not the result you wanted today, but on a, on a personal level, having done everything you've done in Canadian soccer in the past, uh, how special was it for you personally to be part of this opening weekend of this league? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be, you know, to play a small part any time in, in, in helping Canada soccer. And, and this is just fantastic for the, for the young, young players and, and uh, the league. Um, so, yeah, of course, I was excited for that. Now, I know you won't use this as an excuse, but a lot has been made of the distance between Halifax and Victoria. How, how did you find the, the trip here? No, it's not an excuse. You, it, you have to, that's what the league is. That's what life in, in Canada is. When, you, when you're playing in the league, you have to deal with it. We try to make the players as comfortable as possible. Um, and, and obviously, it's going to have some sort of effect, but uh, hey, it's going to be this, you know, that's what it is. And I'm not going to use that as an excuse. Seeing the, the atmosphere created here today in a stadium that is similar in a lot of ways to, to Wanderers Grounds, has that uh, increased your own excitement about your, your own home opener to some extent? Um, no, I, I, thought, I, mean, I thought it was fantastic, nice crowd, nice venue, it, it's, it's great and then when, when you go home hopefully it's, uh, it will be as, as, uh, as uh, boisterous and uh, good support. So yeah, I mean right now I'm more concerned with how the practices would be going leading up to that game. And what do you feel you have to work on now heading into the next game? Well, I, you know, you, you try to be as detailed as possible and and help the players out. But at, at the end of the day, we have to accept responsibility. You you have to play the game. Eh? And uh, in, in the first half, there, there was a lot of nerves, a lot of panic. It's 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 understandable, but they've got to get over that. Uh, you know, because in 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 the whole scheme of things, we have a way that we want to play, and we have to we have to at least try to put that on on the field. And if it's not good enough on the day, I could accept that. So, after your second half, you said you felt better about the second half. Yeah. Can you explain again why you felt better? In the second half? Uh, I thought we I thought we moved the ball. I thought we moved the ball better. Um, a couple of changes. Uh, players came on and and uh, sort of speed up the the, the way we were playing. Um, so, you know, I felt a little bit better. We, we had some penetration on the wing and that's what we, that's what we needed. Did, uh, did, did you notice the uh, 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 small but, uh, but rowdy uh, away supporter section you had? A few folks made the trip all yeah, the way from Yeah, we, we sent the players over to, to say thank you and it, it, it was nice. It was, uh, it was nice. Uh, the Haligonians are all over the place. <laughs> sure are. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, thank you so much. Good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. So Stephen Hart there. But I mean, a fantastic opening weekend. A lot of hard work has gone into this. Got to say, well done to Rob Friend, Josh Simpson and Dean Shillington for just getting this team up and running, having a fantastic atmosphere. If you're thinking about going over to one of these games, highly recommend it. Get over there, see these matches. So a very busy Sunday for those guys, but it's a very busy weekend for all the bigwigs in the CPL, including Commissioner David Clanahan. Was in Hamilton on Saturday, flew to Victoria today, running a little bit on fumes. 
Spoke to a few of us at halftime of the Pacific game today, just about how this opening weekend's been and just the, the growth of the league to this point and a, a few other things as well. So let's hear now from CPL Commissioner David Clanaghan. We are the league! So you've waited a long time for this weekend. It's, it's come, it's almost gone, but... How's it been for you personally? Fantastic. You know, yesterday uh, at Tim Hortons Field in, in Hamilton, the uh, Forge FC and York 9 FC put on a good show. You know, to see it on national television, uh, produced by MediaPro, uh, was fantastic. I mean, I thought the I thought the broadcast was excellent. I had it on while I was at, uh, while I was at the pitch, and uh, I was really impressed with it. I mean, I think I think somebody told me they used 16 different cameras, which is unbelievable. I mean, that's way more than you'll see in North America anywhere else. So. I was really pleased with that. I loved the loved the tempo of the game, loved the way it was played. Um, I think I had a few people quote to me afterwards that they f- they felt really good about the way the game was played and the fact that it was hard, but it was but it was fair. Well, a couple of little things, but but uh, but exactly the way Canadians would expect it to be played. I think the refereeing was was very good. I think the uh, the, pl- the pace of play was good. Um, it was exactly what you would want. It was a good flow to the game, lots of chances. I mean, it could have went either way. I mean, there's no doubt in Forge, they controlled a lot of the a lot of the play in the second half. But uh, but it could have gone either way. I mean, in the first 10 minutes, it could have been two nothing York Nine. So so it was very interesting to see it. And and the crowd was fantastic. I think our, our announced crowd was 17,611. And I mean, look at today. It's packed house today. And this is only going to get bigger and better. As uh, sorry as uh, as I was talking to Mayor Stu, he says once we get finish off the things we need to do, there's there's more to come. Uh, you know, you can see people are really into it, and it's nice to see lots of families. And so, yeah, probably a long answer to a short question, but no, I'm very, I'm feeling really good about it. I mean, I think uh, I'm seeing everything online. Uh, all of the media has been very positive and uh, about it, and you know, a lot of well wishing, right? And so, I think you know, at the end of the day, everybody's been waiting for this, and uh, they're they're uh, they're rooting for us. We're the home team, right? So. Um. About about the refereeing, I've noticed today too. They're really letting it go. Yep. Is that a league policy? Is that something that you talk to referees about to just let the game yeah. flow? So we, we look. I know, and, and I've already saw some stuff on 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 uh, the, on the social media about comments that I made yesterday, and I stand by them. The b- bottom line is, uh, we want a good flow to the game. Uh, we we sat down and talked with Canada Soccer and, and the referees. The head of referees, the referees were down in the Dominican with us. Uh, and so we had we were, we had them talk to each one of every, all the clubs with all their players one at a time. They got the same message. We've talked to the players. We want uh, you know we want a, we want a good standard of play. We we, we don't want this uh, you know diving and rolling around and all that stuff. And I think at one point yesterday the stretcher got brought out about 10 seconds after a guy went down. <laughs> he realized I'm not going off that field on a stretcher. He got up and he was fine. Right. So. Didn't need, a, didn't need a magic sponge that day, so uh, so I think yeah, it's it's good. I think the referees are letting the game play. I mean, obviously they're not going to put up with anything that's 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 uh, offside, so to speak, right? So and that's the way it should be. Players have been have been good about it, and so yeah, I think it's been very entertaining the two the two matches that I've seen so far. In that season opener yesterday between uh, Hamilton and York Nine, I think we, we could expect uh, there's going to be a strong turnout based on population in southern Ontario. What do you make of, of what you're seeing out here on the island today in a, in a smaller city? I think it's fantastic. I mean, I was driving in from the airport, and uh, I mean, I was, 
you know, maybe a couple of kilometers out, I was watching people walking in with their Pacific FC jerseys on. It was fantastic, right? And there's a great atmosphere here. I mean, you know, out here you, you get a lot more sunshine in April than they do in Ontario. Trust me, we were we were a little worried yesterday. But but you know what? At the end of the day, you know, you look at everybody's just having a great time. The atmosphere and the and the vibe in the in the in the, in the stadium is very good. So um, yeah, I, I I'm really liking what I'm seeing. It's good. There's good, there's obviously, it's what happens on the pitch that counts the most. But uh, as I said to somebody yesterday, I mean, we've done every, all we can. Now it's up to the players. No pressure, <laughs> but uh, but it's up to them. You mentioned the pressure being on the players now, and I think one of the sentiments that really was out there after yesterday's game and probably after what we've seen today as well is that a lot of people are pleasantly surprised yeah. by, by, by the quality, you know, because there was a lot of uh, uh, uncertainty about what things would look like. Would you count yourself pleasantly surprised, or is this no surprise to you? No, I saw that I saw that the teams playing in in the Dominican, uh, not only against kind of a group of all stars from the Caribbean, if you want to call it, that was put together, uh, and also against themselves. And I and you can see uh, the level of professionalism. I, I the quote I'll remember the most is we had a, a, about 15 people from Media Pro down there creating content because we were actually outside on grass, you know, playing, and so. The media pro guys were all over it, and they were, you know, trying to put stuff in the can so that they can use it throughout the year. Uh, and and they came to me and they said, David, we're we're really um, impressed by the professional of them, nice pro- professionalism of the of the players, but also their desire and their and the, and 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 just the fact that they they uh, you can see that they're hungry and they want to do well. And so they were. Uh, so I, that's 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 what you want to hear about players, right? Um, there's no, uh, there's no prima donnas. Uh, I'm sure there probably is. I, I just don't see them yet at this no, point in time. But, uh, but there's no doubt that, uh, that the, the, the players really, this is their shot, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and some of them are coming home from being abroad, playing, you know, and they've, they've honed their trade there and they want to come home. So that's, there's that. There's, uh, you know, some younger players that are getting a shot that maybe didn't before. Uh, uh, and then, and then you've got some foreigners that want to be here and, uh, it's interesting the young foreigners that want to be here, mm. who eventually they want to put roots down here. They want to they they want to become Canadians too, right? And so there's some there's great talent in the league, and it's you know they're you got to remember they've, yeah they've had eight weeks of training camp, but um, but they're you know they, it'll be another you know it'll be another few games before they really start to gel and understand the, each other the way they, they really would if they were playing. But what do you think this is going to do for the Canadian game overall? I. <coughs> So the whole the, like one of our biggest the biggest if you want to call it pillar or tenets of what we said we would do this was about developing the game right not not just for player for players it was about developing helping with refereeing and officiating also administration so it's kind of building the economy around soccer like an industry that we didn't have right and the key thing was to have that clear pathway we didn't have that in the past right and so now now that it's there I think it's gonna it's gonna take the game to a level it'll, it'll increase the level of the game exponentially. The key thing is, you know, just keep driving it forward, right? Because it's going to provide opportunity, and at, at all levels, and, and we're ready for it. We were probably not ready for it 10 years ago or 20 years ago, but right now we're ready for it. You look at the success of the women's game. You look at the amount of you know women and and, and, and young girls playing the game in, in the country today, along with men and boys. The fact that it's the fastest growing game. In the, uh, participant game in the country, you know all of the immigration that comes here. They don't maybe don't know North American football. They don't they don't they really don't know basketball. Maybe heard about it or baseball or even hockey, right? 
but they definitely know soccer or our football, right? Because that's the real true global game, right? And it's very interesting. Everything I think that's the kind of the X factor is, and it was interesting watching people yesterday, they, they don't, like two hours, you're in and out. Like even, you know, even 15 minutes, a half time, 45 minutes each way, maybe five minutes total of extra time between first and second half. Like you're in and out in just two hours. Professional sports in North America is, is now getting to oh, well over three hours, right? And it's, it's stop and start and everything else. There's a great flow to our game, and especially when it's managed properly and it's played. And if you notice, there's no there's no players going and circling the referee and arguing with the referee and that type of thing. It's very important, right? It's, uh, it, it lets the game play. So I think it's going to do tremendous things for, for the game, having this game, because uh, having the professional game, because it, it, it gives the players something to aspire to. Did you, see, did you see any action by any particular players that you were impressed with? Uh, so, so I get, I, so I get asked, "Who's your favorite team? What's your best? Player? <laughs> who's your favorite players?" And I, and I, and I, I, I stick to the same line. It's like, uh, it's like talking to about my children. I've got five kids, and and who's your favorite child? I love them all the same. Well, <laughs> the same with the teams. Oh yeah, no. Those like if you look at uh, the Pacific FC team, I mean they're carrying the play, right? They're 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 pretty they're pretty solid, and they've got uh, Marcus plays real real tough up front, and he's a good player. Uh, you know, uh, a young guy from Germany that scored the goal was uh, you know I've, I saw him in the Dominican. He's a good player. He's a very respectful player. He's a hard player. I mean Ben Fr- Ben Fisk. I swear to you, he plays all day long with a smile on his face. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I think he's a great, great young guy. And then on the other side, from from Halifax's perspective, I mean, they've got some great players. They got some really good guys that, that are that are that are good defenders at the back. Um, uh, Gutierrez, who plays for them uh, in the middle of the park, he's a great player. They have a they have a uh, young guy that was hurt down in the Dominican. Uh, uh, a Japanese kid that was fantastic. I won't get his name right, so I'm not going to say it. So. Uh, but they're they 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 are very good together, and so there's you know there's um, teams are rounding out for sure. Have you got the impression like some big names in the league? But have you got the impression that there's some players just waiting to see how this first year goes and then maybe make the decision to come back? Yeah, so we're 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 starting to hear that a little bit. It's it's coming out on social media that people are, you know, that, that there are players that are playing overseas and the, and they weren't quite sure because it, you know we were not late start, but you know we we were very we, we held our cards close to the chest on how we were doing this right, and so now that now that. Uh, now that, uh, that they're seeing, uh, they've seen the teams fill out, and they're going to get a chance to see games because uh, I, uh, One Soccer through Media Pro is now being, uh, they're going to allow people to have subscriptions worldwide now, not just okay. in North America. So they announced that the other day, which is fantastic, and it's very affordable, obviously, at $74.99 a year. And, and they're going to fill it up with content. It's not just about matches, that's only half the game. So there's there's that piece. So I, I think that players, yes, they're gonna they're gonna say, you know what, now now's the time. I, I think I'm think I'm ready to go back, and uh, and, and why not? Like I, I, I'm always amazed at how many people from the country and those who want to be from the country love this country. I mean, look at look at what you're dealing with here, right? Like this is amazing to see games like this. And yesterday was the same. Hamilton's a tough town, right? It's the, it's the steel city of Canada, right? But but it was phenomenal to see all, 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 the, all the fans and the, and the supporters there. So, yeah, it's, it's a great, great game. The, the one soccer deal, obviously, to hardcore fans, people like us, we love Canadian soccer. Is it priced, though, at a level that's going to get your average general soccer fan to buy it? Yeah, well, you, here's the way I look at it. Um, 
if you are a, if you're a season ticket holder or a member a club member I mean it's 49.99 a year yeah. for 12 months the first month is free that type of thing so you actually get 13 months out of it right the reality is I mean that's that's really that's dead simple and you get 130 games just from the CPL I mean we're and they're going to add to that the Canadian championships will be in there also you're going to see other teams from other leagues as well uh, and they're just going to continue to add to that as they go plus these are the people that produce more content and, and soccer f- football games in the world than anyone else. You know, and so if you've, if you've been on Netflix and watched, um, or Amazon Prime and watched Manchester City All or Nothing, that was MediaPro that did that. That eight-part series is phenomenal. That's the level of, of detail that they got. There were some great camera shots yesterday. Uh, if you, there was one, there was one save made by the York Nine keeper on Tristan Borges, oh, yeah. and you, you, you were thought maybe Tristan actually mishit the ball, mm-hmm. and and that he had missed the net. The reality is that boy put that ball exactly where it was supposed to go. It was going in the net, and the keeper made an unbelievable save, literally off the tip of his boot, yeah. right. Media Pro has a camera coming through the top left-hand side of the goal here, and you picks it up, and in slow motion you can see the whole thing happening. Things like that, and then they had shots where both coaches are in the same frame, one in the near, in the forefront, and one in the back, and they both got different expressions on their face. You can see them coaching. I'm thinking that's just good quality media, right? And that's what that that interests a lot of people. You know, I want to understand a little bit more about the game. So, so the people that don't follow it, they want to get, they really want to, they want to get a, a crash course in how do I fall in love with this game, right? So, saw a lot of that the yesterday. Drum, the drums and the bagpipes of where is that sort of going to be standard for these home games? Oh, I, listen, these are the, the, so again, one of the wonderful thing that, things that happened to us was we had all of these, uh, all of these supporter clubs that already existed. And so these guys were, have been here. We, we saw the same thing. The supporters club from uh, Generation 9 from York FC were there yesterday. And then the, 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 the um, Barton Street Battalion were there for, for, for Forge FC. And, I mean, they, they, like, literally, it was like being in Europe. They sang the entire game back and forth, back and forth. So you, uh, this is going to be at every game. I, I envision that it's going to get bigger and bigger, though, in every club because people will join in. Like, it's, it's a social experience, right? Uh, you know, you're all in. Like, there's just yeah. no way. Like, you know, if you've seen it, if you've seen the game played in Europe, you've been in a stadium. I was in, I was in Belgrade, uh, and I saw Red Star beat Liverpool in Champions League two nothing, and fifty five thousand people in the stands. Five hundred of them were Liverpool fans, and the other fifty four thousand five hundred were Belgrade fans. They never sat down, they never stopped singing, and they were jumping for almost the entire ninety minutes. It was, it was. I was, I was standing next to the president of Stoke City, and he looked at me and he said, Dave, this is unbelievable. Like you, you, you just like, That's the kind of atmosphere that this game can create. So it was really good. Anyways, and I think we'll see a lot of that. You see it here, too. Right? I mean, it was nice to see Pacific score a goal yes. right? and, and, and the crowd reaction to that. I was very impressed. Thank you so much, Ben. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you very Enjoy much. your other five whole buttons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that was David Klanek in there, and that wraps up our, our CPL coverage for this episode. Joe, Gideon and Nick were also at the game today, and they're going to talk a little bit about it in the midweek podcast, which is going to be previewing the Whitecaps game on Friday night against Colorado. 
But we'll be back after the break talking about the most recent Whitecaps game, the 1-0 draw with Philadelphia Union. Hi, I'm Marcel de Jong and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back, that was the Rosillos there, our Artists of the Month for April. Last song by them, Top of the Pops, from their 1979 album Can't Stand the Rosillos. What will be our Artists of the Month next month? It's a surprise, but you'll love it. Or at least I will, and that's the main thing. So in this part, we're going to have a little discussion about the Whitecaps' loss to Philadelphia. Um, it was a draw, draw Michael. Yeah, but it felt like a loss. So, I think everything with the Whitecaps right now feels like a loss. Yeah, not a lot of good stuff going on with that. But, yeah, it was a draw. It was 1-1. We're still in the ferry. We'll keep the recap of this one short because I don't know that there's much to say that we haven't said for the last seven or eight weeks because it, it starts to feel now that we are we're repeating ourselves a little bit. Well, so I think some people feel that the, the, the performance was similar to the LA one and there were there was some good things in it. Uh, but you, you have to win at home. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the big thing. And I saw a lot of people saying they were disappointed by the result. Basically, we threw away another two points, but they couldn't fault the performance. Now, I see why some folk are feeling that, but ultimately, this was a Whitecaps team at home, playing a team that had travelled a long way to get here. They were missing some key players, Andre Blake, Corey Burke, Marco Fabian... And they only came away, the Whitecaps, with a draw in the end, despite sharing possession, having the better numbers and stuff like shots and other key areas. And for me, I don't feel you can say that that was a good performance. It was a better performance than some of the things we saw. But if you, you're playing a team that's gone through all that and you're just getting a draw, for me, that was not a good performance. And that's a fair perspective. Uh, I think the, the people. I think for some people, they're just trying to find some good in in the games and in the club right now. And so, uh, I think some of them are seeing some light in in the the way that the team is playing. But I, I I agree with you. It was it's not it's not good enough. Now after the game, Mark DeSantos said uh, to him, it felt it didn't feel like they've gained a point. It felt like they'd lost two, and he almost feels that. It's almost like a defeat because he feels they threw the game away. Is that how you left the game feeling like that? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think it's some good, refreshing perspective from, from MDS that, yeah, that was definitely two points dropped. Quick recap of the game. Caps took the lead four minutes before half time after having a, a few good chances from Jordi Reyna. It was a lovely header from Daniil Henry. Great corner in from Ali Adnan. Daniil. Rosen challenge, powerful header, just showing the threat he's become this year. Yeah, yeah, good corner, good header. Poor from a Philadelphia perspective, very poor marking. And and yeah. and how many times do we say in the modern game, 
what are you doing with no one on the post? Like, if there's a if there's a player on the post, there's a high probability that that is cleared off the line. Yeah, from a Philadelphia perspective, you're really annoyed with the way that that played out. But, I mean, the Caps could have been a, a couple up before that. Reyna looking kind of... I don't want to say back to his best, but he's looking livelier. He's looking better. Forced a good save from Freeze, who's a 20-year-old academy product, we've got to say as well, who's playing in goal instead of Andre Blake. Had a great game. He had a goal correctly ruled out for offside in the second half. And that's one of the positives for me to take from the game. It was great to see him back, getting some good form. We hoped his goal against Chicago might be something that would unlock him. And it kind of looks, maybe it has. He's, he's now had a couple of good performances in a row. Still can't say for certain that he's turned the corner, but he does feel like he's a different player from the start of the season. And you have to wonder how much of that is due to him playing up top and not out wide. Oh, yeah, I think I think it's given him a lot of joy to be able to play uh, through the middle and up top uh, with a lot more freedom, I think, in, as opposed to being in midfield or out wide. And uh, yeah, I think there's a lot, a lot from that. I think perhaps the my favorite contribution to the game, which ultimately didn't count, was his celebration of his goal uh, or his non-goal. But no, yeah, he looks like he's a bit of a new lease on 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 life right now. Yeah, that was a nice moment of zen from Venuto and, and Reina when they thought they had scored, and it was correctly offside. I mean, when you see it back; he he was definitely a step off. But what do you do, Arena? Now, do you keep him ahead of Montero? as the, the guy that's a striker. I kind of feel we have to. Or do we switch to a two up top? Because it, it does feel like with Kamiri coming back into training, that as soon as he's good to go, I think we switch to a three centre-back formation. So whether that's 3-5-2 or 5-3-2, it would maybe give us the option of having two up front and having Reina and Montero. But the way that they're playing right now, you have to keep Reina in. I, I, I just don't see how you put Montero back in there right now. Well, there's been a couple of matches this year where it's been surprising that people haven't commented about how much salary is on the, on the, on the bench. Um, That's true, because that was a big thing in the Robo era. Yeah. Uh, you have to be getting more from uh, the Colombian and, uh, and the Uruguayan uh, strikers. They, 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 more has to come from them. Uh, the, you, can't, you can't be allocating that much of your cap budget to, to, to those players and them not contribute, so... Something does need to happen, it, and part of that might be just playing things out and trying to uh, get them going. Um, I think a lot of people would be excited to see two. Uh, I mean, it feels like every time they put two up front, uh, especially every time the White Camps put two up front, whether it's from the start of the, especially from the start of the game, but even late in the game, people get ex- excited. Um, so yeah, you could see that maybe with the three-five-two. I think there, that would make a lot of sense because. Um, your defensive shape is you have wing backs and so that alters that a little bit but you can keep your three in the center of midfield um, so I, and you get the width from obviously from Ali Adnan for sure on the left the right might be a little bit more of a question mark as to who plays there and how offensive they are but um, I, I, I think that would be a really interesting thing to see what it would look like with Kamiri in a 3-5-2 with two proper striker strikers up top Whether and even if one of them is Reina who's Who's there mostly because his, again his pace? He causes defensive problem because of, because of his pace. And with the, with the, those other two strikers, I don't think pace is not much of an, a concern for the back line. They know they can keep them in front of them. They know they're not going to beat them behind. But Reina brings that pace that stretches the field and creates space not just for himself but for the rest of his team. The other thing with Reina, of course, we don't know what the injury is. 
MDS said afterwards could be muscular. It looked like his hamstring went mid-air as he kind of made the jump. But there was only two subs made yesterday, which is kind of surprising in itself. But again, MDS said, why why make a sub just for the sake of making a sub? If you feel you've got the best players on the pitch for the job in hand, you keep those guys on. But the, the Colombian was on the bench, wasn't he? Yeah, well, that, that's, yeah. that's the thing. It's like he brought RDS on ahead of Montero. So, I mean... What kind of message does that give? It kind of has to show that right now, it's pretty obvious how he feels about Freddie. The Colombian coffee shop maybe not opening in Vancouver anytime soon. Yeah, maybe opening in the Eastern Conference. I think at the rate it's going, I mean, it's hard to see what what they are going to do with with Montero right now. RDS when he comes on, he shows these flashes. He's he's getting into some great positions. It kind of feels he's unlucky at time. I think he's kept his number one ranking in the unluckiest MLS player power rankings, so that that's good. He had that lovely chance, which from a really tight angle, he got the, the ball on goal, cleared off the goal line, but again, just didn't have the finish. And then there was other times during the match, his control looked to let him down, his direction of the ball when he did get it, and he's definitely not the finished article, which is why we have him. He's good to come off the bench, but at some point we need to see him getting a goal or there's no point in bringing him off the bench. It, it, it may be an unfair brush to paint him with, but it does feel very similar to Breck Shea, where there's a lot of talent, there's a lot of, there's seems like a, a, enough of and a potential. Fo- potential football IQ there, but he doesn't look fully interested. Now, he is yeah. a player who doesn't, he, he doesn't have great pace. Like naturally, he doesn't have natural pace. But if you you feel like there's more, more, you feel like you can get more from him than what he's given so far. Uh, so it'll be whether or not MDS and the coaches can can get that from him. But it, I guess it's one of those players where you're you're happy it's a loan at this mo- at this moment because you, you you don't see that loan being renewed any uh, you know at the end of the season based on what he's done so far. Yeah, I think there's a few players on the roster right now that you're quite glad that they're loan players and. When the signings were made, I didn't like it that it was a lot of lone players. But then you see, you know, this is maybe good because some of these guys just simply aren't working. But, I mean, the, the one of the big parts of that, though, is the lone players who are good, will they actually sign those players? Because you look at, like, yeah. Godoy, for example, he's been... Well, he says he wants to stay here. Right, but will they actually pay the amount that's attached to him? That's... That's the big question because it's it's all good to say like oh it's good the loan players are and they didn't work out you send them away but if you're not also acting on those loan players who do prove themselves to be uh, worthy of the of a starting place in the team then that, that that's not a good look. Well, talking about loan players, Philadelphia's goal came off a poke away from the foot of Ali Adnan. It was lovely control and, and finished by Casper the unfriendly ghost Prabilko. But did Adnan hold on to the ball too long? It is something that he kind of feels a little bit guilty of. He has these lapses in the games where he just switches off for a split second, which as a, as a defender you just simply can't do. And then the other question about the Philadelphia goal is, should Kripo have got down better? Talking to TSN Radio after the match, Max felt he should have got down more, but goalkeepers are always going to blame themselves for goals. I think it would be harsh to put the blame on Kripo for that. And Daniel did the best he could trying to track down a really fast guy. I just feel Adnan, he held on the ball too long. He looked up to see what pass was on. And by the time he did that, it was poked away from him. 
to what you were saying, yeah, I think the thing with Ali Adnan is because he makes such significant contributions, has so much skill, and seems to care so much, I think even though people will rightly you know, fault him for the goal or give him significant credit for the, the breakdown that led to the goal, I think his efforts buy him a lot of grace with people, right? Because he works so hard and because he is so talented. But yeah, it was not a, he did not look good on it. Uh, Daniel, who obviously I think otherwise had a really great game uh, at the back and going forward and being feisty, um, didn't look good on it. And, and yeah, Max, Maxime, it's one of those you'd want back. All things considered, and I, I know it, it feels disappointing because you've given up a lead and you've given it up at home against a team which we've explained had a lot of things that made them very beatable, but the way that the game actually played out, I feel a draw was a fair result, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think... And I think that's what's disappointing about it. Yeah, that, yeah that, that's very, very, very true. I, I mean, I also feel like Philadelphia could have gone and won the match, how it felt a little bit in the stadium but uh, it's two points dropped absolutely for Vancouver but in one sense it, yeah it's also fair based on what happened on the pitch yeah but when they got the goal I had this horrible feeling that Philly were then just going to go on and win it there was another solid defensive outing I felt clearly our strength this season is the defence Godoy and Henry good together again Henry's continuing to impress me although I'm a little concerned about He's shown his frustration on the pitch. And you saw that towards the end. There was a little altercation in the Philadelphia box. And that's a, that's a worry for me because I do feel at some point that frustration is going to boil over into him getting a red card. Oh, yeah. I mean, they looked at that, right? I think they went back yeah. and looked at... Uh, I think that's and, what they were looking at. Yeah. Sh- well, there were, I think there were multiple elements to all that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we saw... I mean, we saw it was in, in the supporter end there. And so it, you thought things might kick off. Ah. I think, I think he was on edge a bit, but uh, I think he didn't cross cross the line, which is why you saw nothing given retroactively. Um, I like I, I like that. I do too, but with these refs and right. with Disco reviewing stuff and everything as well, it can be a concern. But if Disco reviews that and gives something, that's again that's that's a problematic for the league because it makes VAR look yeah. useless. Uh, I think VAR did his job, and uh, I don't know. I'll, other than, other than the Whitecaps giving up a chance as Danielle was up the other end of the pitch, other than that, I, I thought it was it was good to see some uh, yeah some some grit and some passion from from, from Danielle, which which she which she usually brings. Now, apart from the one miss clearance, I thought Jake Norwinski had a good game in there as well. MDS went with the team that beat LAFC. And that's four points they've got now from, from two home games. Does he need to stick with this team now for at least one more game to, to, to just try and make some kind of run happen? Well, he went back to the team, right? This is the team that started against LA. Yeah. So I, I think you could see this group play together at home again, maybe in two weeks or less than two weeks against Portland. Uh, I think I think there could be a bit of a different approach going to Colorado because of it's an away match, because it's at the altitude. Um, and and maybe even a little bit to, to match up with a little bit of who, what they know about Colorado because there are players there that they know well. What kind of formation would you like to see in Colorado? Would you like to see the three centre-backs brought in, go with a flat-back four, four-four-two maybe, or to handle Kai Kamara? Does that five-at-the-back formation that we saw against Orlando on a defensive approach, is that the way to do it? 
I mean, it looks like what they tried to do in, in Orlando, right? So you could see them, I could see them doing, I could see MDS choosing to do that again in Colorado. Uh, I think Colorado's form and, and their, their approach and their play may factor in into, into how MDS wants to set his side out. So I, I, know, I know Danielle's excited to battle against, uh, against Kai Kamara. And they've uh, obviously did in training all of last year, so I think it's going to be it's going to be an exciting game. It definitely is a massive game. Colorado is the only team that's worse off than us just now, and we don't want to spark them and, and find in form. We've already seen San Jose and Portland now find a little bit of form and get things going. It's just it's hard, and it's feeling hard to get excited about our prospects this year, just in general. Even though we're so close to the the playoff line, it feels a long way off, and I, I think a lot of that probably has to do with the, the off the field stuff but this is a very winnable game what's your prediction for it do you see us going to Colorado and getting some kind of result I could see a draw definitely uh, it does have you do have this kind of sick feeling in your stomach that this will be Colorado's first uh, opportunity to take three points in a match so yeah I think it's going to be a Colorado win or a draw I think a draw possibly the best we can hope for just because I'm not sure where the goals are coming from, that's the big, big problem. So I'm going to go with 1-1. Talking of the off-the-field issues, it was something we had hoped to talk about in this week's show. But that is something that we will cover in next week's show, bringing some updates on that, and who knows what the week ahead is going to bring. So that is it for this week's episode of the AFTN Soccer Show. A little bit different, done on the ferry, going back to our old roadshow days. Always like to do that. Just before we go, just let everyone know where they can find you online. For me, it's Zachary A. I'm on, a, uh, on Twitter and I'm part of the Movement Current Collective and this has been quite the experience. I'm Michael McCall. You can find all our stuff on AFTN.ca and give us a follow on Twitter, AFTN Canada and Instagram, AFTN Soccer. But until next time, thanks for listening. Take care and mon the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.